Sexuality is a Planet Paula production, where we discuss the wonderful realm of the human body. Your host is sexual educator and enthusiast, Paula Bowman. The tea is ready. Let's start spilling. Please be advised this episode may contain triggering subject matter and statistics. Paula talks about domestic violence and shines a light on the reality of physical abuse in intimate relationships. If you or someone you know is in a dangerous or unhealthy situation, please be aware that there is help out there. In BC, there is the victim link, which is at 1-800-563-0808. Battered Women's Support Services Crisis Line, 1-855-687-1868. And nationally, there is sheltersafe.ca, which provides information to help connect women and their children across Canada with the nearest shelter for safety and support. Please remember, you are not the darkness you endured. You are the light that refused to surrender. John Mark Green. Hello and welcome. Before we get started, I really wanted to say this is heavy, huge, and horrific, and a reality for many. What I'm talking about is domestic violence. I'm focusing on a few aspects, but I want to acknowledge there are many ways in which a partnership can be abusive, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and sexually. I feel these are all interconnected and yet I would like to spend time talking about each one individually at some point. IPV or intimate partner violence or domestic abuse can be defined as behavior by an intimate partner or ex-partner that causes physical, sexual, or psychological harm, including aggression, sexual coercion, psychological abuse, and controlling behaviours. The stats are nasty. One in three women aged 15 to 49 worldwide have been subjected to physical or sexual violence by their partner. And that's only the reported ones. It's shocking and really hard to comprehend. I myself have experienced an assortment of sexual assaults by strangers, acquaintances, and have had the luck, fortune or privilege of this not being experienced by my primary relationship. This violence can negatively affect every aspect of someone's lifetime. Physical, mental, sexually, reproductively, risks of STIs and HIV in some situations. The United Nations describes gender-based violence or GBV as the most prevalent human rights violation in the world at this point in time. And it's rooted deeply in gender inequality. 
35% of women experience violence. 7% have been sexually assaulted by someone other than their partner. And 38% of all murders of women are committed by intimate partners. Uh, like, I want to swear, it's fucking atrocious. And then we have another topic that I, it's just brutal. 200 million women have undergone female genital mutilation. I've had a look at the stats for certain countries and some of the worst are 30% of Indian women have experienced physical violence from the age of 15. 90% of women from Afghanistan have experienced some form of domestic violence. 17% of those are sexual. 52% of those experience physical violence. 40% of married women have suffered from spousal abuse at some point. So that's almost half the women in Afghanistan have actually been abused by their partner. One in two women from Pakistan experience violence, but they don't report it or seek help. In Saudi Arabia, 35% of women experience violence but again, find it hard to seek help. Places like Somalia, DCR, and Syria, the stats are inconclusive from years and years of conflict. 40% of those women are raped, and 39% of women are physically assaulted. In Nigeria, 30% of women aged 15 to 49 experience sexual abuse. 43% of girls are married before 18. 20% have undergone FGM or female genital mutilation. And Yemen was reported in 2020 a state of emergency because of gender-based violence. It was named the worst place to be a woman. 4.3 million people are displaced. And in the US, one in three women report physical violence, verbal or emotional. And more than three women a day are murdered by their partners. And then you add a pandemic into that mix and the numbers have spiked in the US, 8% and in other countries in the world, 7.8 on average. It's absolutely horrendous. And we might think in Canada that we're better and that it's just certain places in the world, but it's not. The stats for being ever assaulted by an intimate partner are quickly, because I'm sure the stats are mind-boggling. Barbados, 30%. Canada, 29 
Egypt 34, New Zealand 35, Switzerland 21, the US 33, Turkey 42, rural Egypt 80%, Philippines and Paraguay 10%, and India 70%. It's everywhere. That's just being assaulted by your intimate partner. That isn't random strangers. This is the person that you marry, that you love, that you live with. So what causes this behavior and what can be done? It's overwhelming to think about it. And one in three, that's a high number. And that's just the ones that are reported. What about all the unreported situations? And what about the children? Some of this is caused by economic stress, social issues, drugs, alcohol, upbringing, education, stress, mental illness, power, control. And in the case of the pandemic, stress and being trapped at home, stresses of losses of jobs, home stability. But this has been going on longer than this crisis. And it's brutal. The numbers are insane. I knew it was bad, but this is heartbreaking. As a world, as a nation, we have to find a way to balance the power, to question this inequality. And this process is going to take time. But for someone to do this, in a relationship, they need to have a safe landing place and have resources available to leave a partnership that threatens their life. Yet so many don't. And that's where other forms of abuse come into play. Control of money, of physicality, not having a car or a house or anything in your name not having cash to leave, bank cards, credit cards, family, support. And then on top of that, there's so much shame tangled up in this that many would not want to tell anyone what they're really going through. Then there's the mental abuse, insults, humiliation, alienation, belittling, name-calling, self-esteem bashing, threats and intimidation, just to name a few. And if there are children involved, the threats become long life trauma, PTSD, and a cycle of abuse that will possibly repeat itself with partner choices, as we are the example and model for our children. Just witnessing such violence will affect anyone involved. So how do these people get out? How do they get out of a situation? And what does that look like? It takes so much courage. And for many in countries where women's rights are hugely unequal, the escape might not happen. The access to safe shelters, legal advice, counselling. Gender-based violence 
to clarify, it is committed against someone based on their gender expression, their identity or perceived gender. And that is a whole other podcast, but it's huge. In Canada, we have Indigenous women and girls facing increased vulnerability of GBV. It's reported they experience 2.7 times higher rates than non-Indigenous women and girls. Eight out of 10 victims of police-reported IPV were female. Now, in Canada, we do have resources. We will list some, but it's not enough. How do you tell if someone is being abused physically? And what can you do? First, let them know you're there for them and that you believe them. Reinforce the crime was not their fault. Be patient. Their reaction and emotions will take time to process. And they may go back to the partner. And it might take a few tries to get out of the situation. They may not want to talk about it. This is a normal reaction. Ask them, what do you need? How can I help? Encourage them to seek support, counselling, and report it. This is all very well for me to say in my comfortable, safe home with a loving partner. This is not and will not be easy for anyone involved, especially if there is children in the mix. It may take more than one offence to escape and remove themselves from this situation. We are fortunate in Canada to have a variety of resources. How easy they are to access and use is something I need to do more research on, but we have them. In other countries where IPV is rife and prevalent in the culture, it's almost impossible to escape in some situations. But is there really justice if others are still suffering? How can we find a way through this so that the collective stat is better than one in three? I'm sickened and sad and I can't imagine the suffering going on. Our society, our world, needs to find a new way of defining masculinity that isn't violent, toxic, demonstrative and destructive. This isn't about men. This is about power and control. And the impact of this imbalance will take time, resources, courage and restructure to shift. In 2019, WHO and the UN, with endorsements from other bilateral agencies, published a paper guiding called Respect with a framework for preventing violence against women. Each letter of respect stands for one of the seven strategies. 
R, relationship skills and strengthening. E, empowerment of women. S, services insured. P, poverty reduced. E, enabling environments. C, child and adolescence. Abuse prevention. T, transformed attitudes, beliefs and norms. For each of these seven strategies, there are a range of interventions and resources. It's a start, but for women trying to get out of an abusive relationship, they don't have time for this to take action. The relationship in most cases didn't start with a black eye. It devolved over time and situations the more stress and other factors led to this critical moment where their life could be in danger. It isn't easy. And yet, living in a marriage or partnership that is violent, where you fear every move you make, the isolation, control, psychologically feeling weak, low and fragile, makes it hard, hoping it will get better, worrying about if they find out that you want to leave. There's so much confusion on whether to stay or go. They may blame themselves for the situation, if only I knew better or made a different choice. It is not your fault. People in your life love you and will help you. What matters more is your safety. You deserve to be treated with respect. You deserve to be safe and happy, and so do your children. It's unlikely an abusive partner will change without counselling, treatment, support, sobriety, and space. They may beg for you not to leave. They will change but it cannot happen overnight. It will take time. It's better to remove yourself from the unsafe situation, seek support and safety. While you make that transition, set up an escape plan. Be ready to leave at a moment's notice. Emergency cash, clothing, documents, phone numbers. Put it in a safe, secure place. If possible, not at your house. Practice escaping quickly. Make a list or memorize emergency contacts and folks that will give you a ride. Have a code word in place. Emergency services and shelters and domestic hotlines. This is your first step. And like I said, in Canada, we are fortunate to have shelters and legal aid. But that does not mean it will be easy. There is nothing easy about abusive situations. I'm personally overwhelmed by the numbers and the reality facing so many. The trauma, upset and fear will lessen over time. With support and counselling and a safe place, this will bring a shift and bring Hope. With all my love and gratitude and strength and healing 
for those brave folks enduring and escaping and surviving domestic abuse. Thank you so much for listening. My cup is full. Thank you to the wondrous T for her technical wonders. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sexuality. If you would like to touch base with us in regards to our podcast or ask us any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out at www.planetpaula.ca. You can also find us on Instagram at Planet Paula and on Facebook. We would appreciate it if you took the time to like, follow, and of course, subscribe.